On today's episode of Locked On Oilers, Ryan Murray is finally an Edmonton Oiler after 10 years. What will he bring to the Edmonton Oilers? And what will the Edmonton Oilers have to do to clear up some cap space? All that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Oilers podcast. I'm your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Ryan Murray, who's finally an Edmonton Oiler after, what, 10 years? That is pretty insane. The Edmonton Oilers signed him to a league minimum contract. So what does the Edmonton Oilers defense core now look like? And what do the Edmonton Oilers have to do to clear up cap space to bring in Ryan Murray, and they still have to re-sign Ryan McLeod as well. All that on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you so much for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find podcasts. Plus, we're also on YouTube as well, so if you love to listen to or watch your podcast on YouTube, well, make sure you go and subscribe over there as well. Wow, it's been a while, hasn't it? About a week. That is crazy. Well, we are back, and since then, the Edmonton Oilers have made a signing. The Edmonton Oilers have signed Ryan Murray to a one-year, $750,000 contract, basically the league minimum for a player. Not really a uh, a PTO, where, uh, in fact, our last episode that we were talking about PTO, Ryan Murray was one of those names that we started talking about. Sam Gagne was also a name that we were talking about too, but he went to Winnipeg, all the best Sam in Winnipeg. So, what does Ryan Murray bring to the Edmonton Oilers? Well, the first thing that he brings is experience. He's a 10-year, basically 10-year veteran as he's been playing in the NHL since 2013. The year after he was drafted, he got uh, cracked the Blue Jackets lineup for the first time in his NHL career, and not a bad first year, 66 games played in that first year, four goals, 17 assists, 21 points. Now, the thing about Ryan Murray is, is that he's never really been a, a point producer in the NHL. In fact, last year in 37 games with the Colorado Avalanche, no goals, four assists, four points. And also, in fact, another fact, Ryan Murray hasn't scored a goal in the NHL since 2019-2020. He, the last few years, as mentioned, 37 games played, no goals last year. The year before that, in 2020-2021, 48 games played, no goals. Then in 2019-2020, excuse me, 27 games played, two goals, and ever since then, it's always been one goal, one goal, two goals, four goals is his career high, which came in 2015, 2016, and he also did that in his first year in the NHL. So, Ryan Murray has never been a guy, even in in, in uh, Major Junior as well, he never was a massive point producer, an offensive defenseman. And that is why I think a lot of people back in 2012, when everyone was trying to decide is it Neil Yakupov or Ryan Murray, I think everybody took a look at Yakupov's numbers and went, yeah, okay, let's sign the guy who's consistently produced. 
as opposed to this defenseman who may be a rock on your defensive, uh, your decor. I mean, uh, let's be real here. Ryan Murray was the better pick, especially considering he played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven seasons for the team that drafted him. You know, Yakupov was out by what, 2015? Three years, really, that he played for the Edmonton Oilers? Ryan Murray is consistent. There's a reason why. And consistent is a weird word to use for a guy who played 37 games last season. Didn't get into any games in the playoffs last year, but was also on a, the best defensive core in the league and probably one of the best defensive cores we've ever seen in the NHL. So, all the credit to Ryan Murray, and, and you got to show respect to him. But he's not as good as those other six guys, or as useful, maybe not useful isn't the right word, but the other guys on that Colorado Avalanche team were doing more for the team to win a cup. However, there is a massive, massive need for guys who can step into the lineup at any moment. And a guy who's been playing in the league for 10 years can do that. Arthur, uh, Arthur Sables, I believe. Arthur? Arthur Sables? David Sables. There we go. David Sables. Excuse me, David Sables. I'm sure you don't wa watch or listen, but if you do, I excuse, for, uh, excuse myself for... Uh, uh, Messing up your name. Either way, he said that in their recent show on uh, uh, the cult of hockey, they mentioned that Stanley Cup hockey teams need to have defensemen like Ryan Murray, a guy who can step into the lineup, do his job, and get out of there. That's what the Edmonton Oilers had in Chris Russell. But Chris Russell is gone now. Now, I don't want to compare... Chris Russell to Ryan Murray, but this type of game, the type of game that they have, each of them have, are completely different. But what they bring to a team is very similar. You need a guy, as mentioned, who can come in there and do the job, but also play the game that your team wants to play. The Edmonton Oilers have been very vocal, very vocal about the fact that they want to play fast and hard. Well, I mean, it's six foot one, two hundred and six pounds. He is a Ryan Murray. I mean, he's pretty slight of foot. Is that the right wording? He's a pretty decent skater. He can move up and down the ice. He can produce if need be. His career high is twenty nine points in uh, 2018, 2019, 56 games played. That year, he only had one goal, but twenty eight assists. He has great vision of the ice. He can move the puck when he needs to, but he also can shut down the other team, which is his job. And he can do it. Uh, penalty kill, five on five, four on four. And that's kind of the thing that I'm kind of excited about this signing is that now the Edmonton Oilers have another defenseman that they can throw out there on the penalty which was my biggest issue. The defense wasn't an issue for me. I am fine with how the Edmonton Oilers defense is. The only time that I get interested in uh, some sort of concern for the Edmonton Oilers defense was when it came to the penalty kill. Because you can take a look at the forwards and you go, okay, here's your penalty killer, here's your penalty killer, here's your penalty killer, here's your penalty killer. Here's Leon Dreisaitl who can come out there and win an important faceoff, then get off. You have your forwards for your uh, 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 penalty kill basically all set. 
But then it got to the defenseman. You go, okay, you have Nurse, you have Cece. Then what? You have Brett Kulak. And then what? You're not going to double shift a Nurse or a Cece. Tyson Berry, while he did get better on the penalty kill last year and in his own end, didn't exactly instill any sort of confidence in a lot of fans. I'm not sure how it is in the locker room. But isn't it a penalty-killing type guy? You're not going to throw Bouchard out there, and you don't know how Broberg's going to do. So there's your seven defensemen. You go, okay, so now what? Now the Edmonton Oilers bring in Ryan Murray, a veteran guy who plays in his own end, who can move the puck very well, who's a pretty smart player, which has been his biggest, one of his biggest things is his hockey sense, his very good hockey sense. And you can throw him out there in important times, like a penalty kill, like a four-on-four, like a four-on-three in in important minutes at the end of the game and be confident that he's going to do his job and you can win a game. That's what Ryan Murray brings. That's the signing that the Edmonton Oilers made. They didn't try and make a, a big splash for a defenseman that would bury uh, a rookie like Philip Broberg. They didn't make a big splash that would de- uh, uh, decimate the, the back line. The Edmonton Oilers made a smart league minimum move to bring in a guy who can not only produce, he's, he's not going to produce on the score sheet, but he's going to produce for your team as a whole. That the most important thing that Ryan Murray. But now, what does the Edmonton Oilers defense court look like? I should. We shall talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about our partners over at Built. If you haven't tried Built Bar Pops yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious. Indulgent. Yeah. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture with real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of actually making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them what's also great about built is all of their bars are made with collagen protein which your body actually absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits for you and your body. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need it for a snack, for your workout, a late night treat, or you just need a quick bite to eat. It is a perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Yeah, better than a candy Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 locked on 15 locked on 15 one five to get 15% off your next order. That is promo code locked on 15 one five and locked on one five to get 15% off your next. 
Let's move into the defense. As, uh, yes, the Edmonton Oilers added a new name in Ryan Murray to that defensive core. Obviously, that also means the Edmonton Oilers are even more over the cap limit, but we will get to that in a little bit here. But the Edmonton Oilers now have a different look to their defensive line. I keep referring to soccer uh, things, so I apologize for it if you're not a soccer. But either way, you're going to get it anyways. Either way, uh, the Edmonton Oilers now have a, a defensive core of Darnell Nurse, Cody Cece, Brett Kulak, Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg, Tyson Berry, and Ryan Murray. And those are how I would put the pairings as well. Nurse with Cece, Kulak with Bouchard, Broberg with Berry, and Ryan Murray as the seventh. That is not a knock. Ryan Murray. I mean, to be fair, Ryan Murray also knows his his capabilities. He didn't play at all in the playoffs last year. He played only 37 games last year for the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche in total. So he knows that he's not going to be the top pairing defenseman. And that's fine. No need to be. Ryan Murray, especially with the way that the Edmonton Oilers run their team, more likely than not, the Edmonton Oilers are going to be running an 11-7 game, I guess. I was going to say defense, but 11-7 also refers to the forwards. And the forwards, if they're going to bring in 11 forwards, that means that you're going to have to bring in that extra defenseman. And now that extra defenseman, instead of a Vincent DeHarnay who's fighting for it, Instead of a Marcus Niemelainen, who's played 20 total NHL games. Instead of a Dmitry Samarukov, who's played a total of three minutes in the NHL. The Edmonton Oilers now have a veteran on that back line. So then when they do get into an issue, maybe Philip Broberg isn't ready for uh, the last five minutes of the Battle of Alberta. But you know who might be? A guy who's been playing in the league for 10 years in Ryan Murray. And then later on in the season, when Philip Broberg is ready for the last five minutes in the Battle of Alberta, then he can be in there along with Tyson. Or with the way that the Edmonton Oilers run their defense, or that they have the seven defensemen, similar to their forwards as well, with their forwards, if they have 11 forwards, then they can just throw Connor McDavid out there with, with Yakupov and Hyman, and there's a line. You can throw Dreisaitl out there with, with uh, Pugliarvi and Holloway, and you'll be fine. With the defense, the Oilers can do that as well. With seven defensemen. At some points, the Edmonton Oilers can throw out CeCe and Murray. They can throw out Bouchard and Murray. They can throw out Kulak and Murray. They can throw out Broberg and Murray. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> yes, with the prospect of bringing in a guy like Jacob Chikrin be nice, and then you have a forward core, defensive core of Nurse, CeCe, Kulak, Bouchard, Chikrin, and whoever you tr didn't trade, probably Broberg. Yeah, probably. But then you have that issue of if you need somebody coming in, you, you, the guy who's coming in has next to no NHL experience in DeHarnay, uh, Samarukov, and Nimalainen. Now the Edmonton Oilers are sitting there and going, okay, we can bring in a guy who has 10 plus, well, not 10 plus years, 10 years of experience in the NHL, Play very solid minutes, big minutes for your team. Because let's not forget that Ryan Murray has played on in all situations in the NHL. In all situations, when he came into the uh, the the NHL, 
with the Columbus Blue Jackets, he was a first-pairing defenseman. That was the expectation, and he came in with those expectations and rode with it and played with the Columbus Blue Jackets for seven seasons. Then went to New Jersey and had a little bit of a, a second-pairing, third-pairing type of uh, role. Then he comes into uh, Colorado, which uh, them bringing Ryan Murray into that defensive core already, you're sitting there and going, okay, I don't know how much he's going to contribute to this team because they have such a good defensive core. But either way, the Avalanche still brought him in because they sit there and go, okay, what if Devon Taves goes down? What if uh, uh, Ryan Graves goes down? Then what? Well, then you can bring in a guy who's played uh, almost, I don't even know. I'm not fantastic at math. I can't put all those games that he's played together in my head immediately. But uh, 10 years of experience and just throw him in there because he understands the league and understands the game. Now, guys from who are younger than him, like the Philip Brobergs, like the Evan Bouchards, can also learn from an NHL veteran. Is he a Duncan Keith to learn next to? No, not exactly. Even Tyson Berry is a fantastic player to learn. But Ryan Murray is a guy who has gone through it all. He's played on terrible, terrible hockey teams. He's obviously played on fantastic hockey teams with the Colorado Avalanche. And now, as mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers can throw out their defensive or a, a, a penalty-killing core of Ryan McLeod, Tyler Yamamoto, Darnell Nurse, and Cody C. And then you can throw out Matthias Janmark, uh, uh, Kyler, or I already said Kyler Yamamoto. You can throw in a Derek Ryan, uh, uh, even a Leon Dreisaitl. And then you can throw out there uh, 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 Brett Kulak and Orion Murray, and you can feel comfortable with those units. Leon Dreisaitl wins face-off battles in his own end in the, uh, uh, during shorthanded situations. In fact, he plays 57 seconds a game on the penalty kill, which you sit there and you go, oh, that's not very long. Well, the average power player, the average penalty kill, about two minutes. So he's out there for basically half of a penalty kill, killing of a penalty. Austin Matthews only plays an average of, I believe it was three seconds on the penalty kill, but yet Austin Matthews gets called a full 200-foot player when Leon Dry settles. But that's, that. <laughs> that's not the argument we're having. But still, the Edmonton Oilers have a comfortable penalty kill now with Ryan Murray. That's what the Oilers need. That is when I said my concern for the Oilers was their defense. And then I elaborated saying that it needs to be better for the penalty kill. This is what I meant. Now the Edmonton Oilers depth chart is Nurse CC, Kulak, Bouchard, Broberg, Berry, Murray, DeHarnay, Niemelainen, Samarukov. Instead of just having Nurse, CC, Kulak, Bouchard, Broberg, Barry, Nimaline, and Deharnay Samaruka, who are young, who will be playing up and down between the AHL and the NHL. Also, depending on if uh, Samarukov does get traded, Edmonton Oilers are a better team for this sign. Now, the issue comes well, they're not cap compliant, they can't take the ice next year. So what do the Edmonton Oilers have to do 
to get cap complacent. Well, we will break that down in just a second. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, make sure you tune in to Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry to the audio listeners, because the amount of times that I have boxed this microphone today is insane. So I apologize if every once in a while you get, oh, pop, oh, pop. I'm not doing it on purpose. <laughs> I just genuinely don't have any spatial whatsoever. Anyways, the cap situation. Yes, the Edmonton Oilers brought in Ryan Murray at a league minimum deal. That puts the Edmonton Oilers at about $7 million over the cap space. Now, the Edmonton Oilers do have about $6 million in cap space to deal with with the uh, LTIR. But right now, the Edmonton Oilers are over the cap by... I did the math. Did the math. I said I wasn't a numbers guy earlier, but I, I in fact, did math. These numbers are based off both uh, cap-friendly and puckpedia. So if these numbers are wrong, go after them. Don't come after me. I'm just math. I'm the math guy. <laughs> no. But the Edmonton Oilers do need to clear 1.189335 million. So for those keeping track at home and are uh, uh, relatively uh, translatable, uh, that's not the word. Communicative. That is 1,189,335 million dollars for the Edmonton Oilers to clear up for cap space. Now, the Edmonton Oilers have some, uh, I mean, these names that I'm going to name off aren't necessarily new to anybody. Tyson Berry, Warren Fogle, Jesse Pugliarvi, three guys who have consistently been in the news for, oh, like when Pugliarvi signed, it's a, oh, it's a sign and trade. It's a sign and trade. Well, it's September 6th and still hasn't been traded. Oh, so much for I've been a big perpetuator of the Warren Fogle rumors. Not a big fan of, of Tyson Berry, but again, Tyson Berry, if he were to get moved, $4.5 million of cap space right there. Warren Fogle, if he were to get moved, $2.75 million in cap space right there. And then, yes, a play RB, if he were to get moved, $3 million in cap space. Thing to remember as well is the Edmonton Oilers aren't necessarily getting cap compliant only for the Ryan Murray deal. The Edmonton Oilers have another Ryan M that they need to. Ryan McLeod. They need to allot about mm, between one and a million and a half for Ryan uh, McLeod. Because Ryan McLeod is coming off of a rookie contract. Has he proven himself to have a $2 million contract yet? No, I wouldn't say so. So his next contract is going to be somewhere between a million and a million and a half. So out of this 1.189 million that you already have to clear to become cap compliant, the Edmonton Oilers also have to clear an extra million and a half just to sign Ryan McLeod. Now the interesting thing is, I've seen recently on social media, now of course don't believe everything you see on social media, but I might as well talk about it because the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Oilers show. I've seen rumors now, and 
very much the key word is rumors. That Kyler Yamamoto might be trade. No, no. I'm going to vex that right here, right now. If the Edmonton Oilers move Kyler Yamamoto, it better be for a massive piece. Because Kyler Yamamoto is a very important piece of the team. Not just the organization, but to the team on the ice. You saw what happened in Game 4 when the Edmonton Oilers lost out on Kyler Yamamoto. And the Edmonton Oilers could not sustain a very important uh, uh, forecheck. Because Kyler Yamamoto, the way he runs a forecheck, the way he goes into corners, the way he strips pucks, the way he starts possession out of nothing, is something the Edmonton Oilers don't have on their team right now. Kyler Yamamoto is an important piece of this offense for the Edmonton Oilers. And he doesn't necessarily even score 60 points in his 50 points in a, in a season even. But what he does in the offensive zone to get possession, to move the puck to a Connor McDavid, to a Leon Dreisaitl, to an Evander Kane, to a Zach Hyman, to a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, something the Edmonton Oilers don't have and is very imperative, imperative, the Edmonton Oilers success. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kibosh those right now. Kyler Yamamoto isn't going anywhere. The Edmonton Oilers organization realizes it. One of those like Trina's oil glitter thing. Talking Garfield. One of those ones. But uh, yeah, no. Yamamoto has been thrown out there. I'm going to throw my kibosh out there. But the big thing to remember out of this that the Edmonton Oilers are currently $1.189 million over the cap uh, limit. They need to clear up that $1.189 million. But they also need to clear up about $1 to $1.5 million and a half for Ryan McLeod. Did the Edmonton Oilers start a grievance over that $2.2 million that they were supposed to get in the Duncan Keith retirement? That as well, but that's also, I'm pretty sure, from one of those Trina Zoyle per Garfield. I am still a big, not even support. I think Warren Fogle will be the, the odd man. Nothing against Warren Fogle. I think he's fantastic for the team. The, the way that him, Bouchard, and uh, uh, Yamamoto, and even Ryan McLeod have come together this year and become a very close group. Is very important. I, I've mentioned that so many times of just how important off the ice relationships are to still have to feel the team or ice a team come opening. If the Edmonton Oilers don't move a Tyson Berry, a Warren Fogle, a Yesapoli and I'll, I guess I'll throw I, I don't. And the Edmonton Oilers aren't going to ice a team at all. It never happens. But let's just say in theory. Tyson Berry's too important to the Edmonton Oilers. is an important year. And there's not too much of a market for Yesapoli. And Kenny Holland has said from the start he's not just going to hand away Yesapoli There's an odd man out here, and unfortunately it is. I like him, as mentioned. Nothing personal to him, but still... Uh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have to ice a team come opening day, and the hockey is a business. 
It is a business. Either way, we shall call it there. We are back. I'm sorry for the extended hiatus. We hit the long weekend. Uh, some uh, personal work stuff came up as well, so I had to deal with that as well. But either way, we are back. We are going to have episodes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then soon we will be back to five episodes a week getting you ready for NHL season as the NHL season is right around the corner. I haven't even mentioned yet that there are informal skates going on at Rogers Place right now at the DCA. The Edmonton Oilers are getting back into town. More and more Oilers are coming into town. You know what that means. Hockey is on its way. Anyways, I'm babbling on too much. Enjoy this beautiful weather as we have it still. Because once hockey season comes, you're either inside watching hockey or the snow comes. Either way, oh, I said the S word. I'm sorry. Either way, I hope you have a wonderful day. I shall see you tomorrow. Stay safe and play La Bamba, baby.